there's one particular quote in the Bible that I've always had to look to when I think about like love, think about companionship, think about relationship. And that is actually in the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. It's a very famous one. We all know it, right? Um, quote, the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Adam and Eve, right? Um, we all know about the story of Adam and Eve, how Adam was the first man to ever be created, oops, ever to be created, and God looked at him and said, well, it's not good that he should be alone, right? Like, it's bad for man to be alone. I will create a helper suitable for him, meaning a woman. And he created Eve, literally out of Adam. <laughs> so he put Adam in a great sleep, right? And then he took, an, he took a thing out of Adam and made Eve with it. So that's how the story goes. Look, let's just, let's get right into this, all right? Welcome back to another episode of, I think this is like the fourth episode of season four of the Lonesome Podcast. I am your humble host today, Matt Palmer, Lightning McQueen, just joking. Um, and yeah, welcome to a great episode. This is going to be a good episode. So uh, before I continue, I did an episode earlier today that was just an absolute train wreck, garbage dumpster fire, and I don't want to talk about it, but if you want to go listen to that, man, extreme it's just a disclaimer that is the size of Neptune, bro. That, that, that episode was a trash can dumpster fight. It was horrible. Um, and I'm thinking about deleting it, but I have to keep it up due to uh, publishing reasons. But if you want to go listen to that, please go listen to it after this episode. But just there's a, just I have to put such a massive disclaimer on this episode and say that it was so toxic. And the, the things that we had to talk about on there were atrocious. They were horrible. But you know what? We got through it. So anyways, I have notes right here that I'm going to get into in a minute. But I was I, – I want to explain what happened to me yesterday. Okay, It's nothing too big. But I came home from an, uh, a night shift. I stayed up all night. And I came home. I was really kind of just like, huh, I should probably go to sleep soon. So at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I said to myself, all right, well, I guess I should go to sleep. You know, I, I should go to sleep. And I thought I was just going to be sleeping until like 4 or 5 o'clock, right? Maybe like a 4 to 5 hour nap. Okay, well, I was wrong. I ended up sleeping until midnight, right? And then I went back to sleep a little bit later and woke up at 6.30 in the morning this morning. Um, but at midnight when I woke up, I went up, I, I got up, went and got something to drink, and then I went back to bed. And something kind of something kind of hit me a little bit, right? I was laying in bed, and I was just thinking about life, right? And when I say thinking about life, I was thinking just about everything that's happened these past, like like this year and last year. Um, and I began to think about like my exes, not in the way you think, right? But think about them in the sense of what happened when they transitioned from being, you know, the love of my life to my ex, right? And I immediately thought about the heartbreak that I went through. I thought about how much of a betrayal I've experienced. And even with girls that I didn't even officially date, just girls I was really good friends with that completely backstabbed me and hurt me. Now, I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit here and hate on women just because I got, you know, I got in a breakup. That's not me, right? And if anything, all of the girls, especially the ones that severely hurt me emotionally, I wish nothing but good for them. Right? I wish nothing but forgiveness and prosperity for them. Granted, I can't give them that prosperity, but I can give them my forgiveness. Right, 
And I this is so weird that I have to say this, but I began to like overthink it. You know, all of the I mean, I did an episode on 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 season 1 where I was talking about this girl named Maddie who came and filmed a podcast with me and then when she left like we had a good time we did a we did a minecraft stream together when she left she completely like like horribly backstabbed me by saying yeah i think it's best that we just you know be severely friends with benefits she basically sugarcoated it saying you know i would really like to you know date you but also date other people just because i don't think that we're going to work and just kind of insinuated not kind of she did that you know she wanted friends with benefits and I started overthinking that and it led to like one of my exes back in 2020, how much of a, just a, just a gigantic shit show that was, how much I like, I took care of this girl. And then in the end, she just kind of told me when I was getting depressed, you know, she said, oh, well, you're just too much. And you know, I, I can't date you because you're just not getting any happier despite me helping her through, you know, one of her family members committing suicide and her threatening to kill herself every single night. The amount of times I stayed up that night, every single night, you know, just making sure I don't get a phone call from her mom saying, well, she ended up passing away. You know, she ended up taking her life in the night. And then she just don't speak. Like I began to overthink about the breakups, about the betrayals, about the backstabs, about all of the, and it wasn't like revenge thinking. It was just like, man, how much like how much I've gone through has really proven how resistant I've been to like breakups now. If I get in a breakup now, you know, it's it's like, okay, well, tally that down, move on. But my like second breakup in life, I was in you know, I was in freaking tears, right? Just like any other person. Um, I know that girls take breakups a whole lot more emotional than guys do. Guys to guys go directly to the gym and, you know, fight their demons. Girls, they do it differently, right? For me, I don't take it to the gym half the time. I take it to God, right? And I say to God, I talk to him about it. You know, I say everything I need to say. And when I was in bed last night, just thinking about this stuff, I had something. It, it, and this time it wasn't like the voice in my head, meaning the Holy Spirit. It was my voice in my head this time. And it said, I just said to myself, thank God that I am alone. And it it never I've never thought that to myself and it was like I just became a schizophrenic for a second and I said that to myself un, unintentionally like I just I just automatically said well thank God that I'm alone right if you're listening to this podcast right now you damn well know that this is called the lonesome podcast now when I was thinking of like what what name should I give my podcast, I was trying to make something like quirky, something you know. You got Mom's Basement podcast, Joe Rogan Experience, The Courage and Nate Shot Show. Like people will put like like baited podcasts, like Catch Thirty Three. They'll make these interesting names, but for me, I wanted it to have value. I wanted it to have a specific meaning. And in episode one, where I was really monotone and just like, "Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Lonesome Podcast," you know that that crap. You know, I really went in depth about, man, this is my experience of being alone. I got falsely accused of rape in high school and that ruined my entire social life. You know, I, my dad passed away, so I've had to learn everything a guy does, like teaching myself everything about football by myself. You know, I've gone through a lot of stuff in life besides those, but those, it, it's proven how alone I've became, right? And through that loneliness has been a lot of good things, but there's also been a lot of bad there's been a lot of health issues I've had to deal with, primarily out of anxiety and primarily out of depression. Granted, I'm not depressed right now, um, 
But that thing that I said to myself last night, it, it really did feel like I became like a schizophrenic for like five seconds. And I just said, well, thank God that I'm alone, right? Meaning, thank God I don't have to go through these breakups every single month like a lot of guys my age do, you know? Especially in my 20s is the time where, you know, I, I'm supposed to be going out to Las Vegas drinking my ass off, right? Getting blasted and doing, you know, cocaine off the tots and meeting crazy girls at college parties and sleeping with them every night and then only to get my heart broken once I finally fall in love. And what, like, I don't get that, right? Because I don't do that stuff. And because I don't have a massive, maybe even at all, a social life, right? And I want to talk about that in particular and hopefully connect and, and give a message to somebody who really needs to hear this right now. Matter of fact, I'm going to be a little bit cliche in an earthly term and say that I did say a prayer before this that I hope that I reach out to somebody who needs to hear this. Okay, that, that could be you. So listen to this entire podcast, not because I'm asking you, but because it might be part of God's will. So with that being said, let's get into this. Okay, here are my notes right here. All right. I want to point this out. Nine times in the Gospels did Jesus sought out to be alone uh, to be with the Father, right? Um, I can't really remember a whole lot of the chapter besides when Jesus was taking the sins and the, uh, and the, the struggles of humanity in the garden where he uh, was like sweating and, and bleeding from every single pore of his body. But Jesus sought out to be alone in order to talk to the Father, right? In order to talk to God. Listen, God is a, he is the one and true God. He is the one creator. He created, you know, the earth. He created you. He created the universe. And when I say the universe, I mean the universe, right? He created Jupiter. He created all the planets and the stars and the galaxies and the black holes. He created everything. He is a, he is the creator, but he's also the father. He's the father of us. We are out of all of the, the beings, the aliens, the angels in the universe, we are God's chosen race just as much as Israel is God's chosen nation, but more, right? We inherit all that Jesus inherits. So he is desiring our attention, our undivided, true attention. He seeks through the heart. He seeks the mind. He seeks the soul, right? And that is what he looks for, you know? Uh, I have some notes r real quick that I'm going to go through uh, just explaining my personal experience and some of them are off the internet too, just to be honest with you, um, about how loneliness is actually good. It's good to be lonesome, you know. Um, first and foremost, when we are alone, God has the opportunity to speak to us with undivided attention. As I said, like it is, as I said, nine times in the Gospels, Jesus sought out to be alone just to be with the Father. He didn't sought out to be alone to go take a piss in the woods. No, he went, you know, he sought out to be alone to speak to God, right? Um, God has the opportunity to speak to us with undivided attention. Undivided attention meaning he gets our full attention. And when God gets our full attention, beautiful things can happen. That is why God instructed us to go into our closets or our quiet places where nobody else is to pray to him. That's why he is the God in, in secret too. He hears us in secret. Because sometimes people will say, well, I want to hear God. I want him to give me a massive sign. But the mistake that they make is sometimes God doesn't speak to us in huge giant signs like dreams and visions. Sometimes he'll whisper to us. Most of the time he'll whisper to us, right? And that is why you have to get secluded. That's why you have to isolate, be alone, be lonesome in order to hear God because he speaks to you through the Holy Spirit also, right? Which requires you to really listen and open your spiritual ears, you know? 
Um, speaking of hearing the Holy Spirit, I have it written here too that being alone also helps you hear that voice in your head, also known as the Holy Spirit speaking. A lot of people, and this, when I say a lot of people, I should say all people, we all have that inner voice, right? That uh, inner monotone, whatever you want to call it, voice. That when we're reading a book, we hear ourselves speaking and reading in our head, right? Well, that's a way that God speaks to us too. Um, you can dif- differentiate the voice in your head from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaking in your head will always glorify God in a way. And that is one of the most amazing things that I figured out about God is th- how he glorifies himself through the Holy Spirit one of the ways is he speaks to you through the Holy Spirit by using the voice in your head, right? That is how you differentiate the voice in your head and the Holy Spirit at times, right? Is the Holy Spirit will always speak good of God and speak the truth and use the Bible to speak to you, right? I stated this about two episodes ago when I was talking about aliens and how God created aliens as a, a part of his, you know, motive for them. I said, um, the, oops. I said that um, the Bible is not a book about aliens. It's not a book about where to look in the solar system for you know alien life in our own solar system, and it's not a book about telling us about uh, angels in heaven and you know all this. Granted, there are angels in heaven in the Bible, but I'm talking about it's a love letter from God to humanity, instructions about how to get to heaven, which is through Christ Jesus, right? So that's my point. The Holy Spirit will speak to you in your head using Bible scriptures, Bible quotes, Bible verses in order to help you, right? It's be- it's a beautiful way. And being alone can really help you. And I mean, try it, man. Being alone and praying to God to speak to you when you're alone is amazing. Uh, every every single day I like to take my bike. And believe me, it's a, it's a boss cruiser. I love to take my bike and just go on this trail that I found. Um, sometimes even the river walk by myself. And either I'll play like gospel music, like hallelujah, you know, or I'll just be alone, no music, and just let God speak to me. And I'll literally have conversations with God out loud. And it is the most coolest supernatural thing I think I've ever developed as a talent, not as a talent, as a skill through loneliness, right? Um, Man, another one is you find the desires of your heart way easier and quicker finding the desires of your heart now look the the heart is deceptive i understand that and quite frankly if you could see all of the intentions of your heart even the ones that don't come out obviously you'd see that there's a lot of evil there's a lot of sin there's a lot of guilt there's a lot of mistrust there's there's a lot of bad right um we've all had those thought especially you know guys in the military everybody at one point has said like man i i, I hate this bugger i want to kill him right and you have like that murder instinct on your mind. Your heart's intentions, that's your heart's intentions right there. Like there's a lot of evil in your heart, right? But also there's a lot of good in your heart. And when you can find the good, the desires in your heart, that's awesome, you know? And being alone can help you with that. Asking God to show you the desires of your heart and asking God to show, excuse me, show his will to you and what he wants for you and what he wants in general is a great way when you're alone. It's a great way to help you and show you and guide you. And it's a great way for the Holy Spirit. It's actually easier for the Holy Spirit to help you and guide you, right? It's awesome. Um, here's an interesting one that I've kind of figured out too. You begin to see others in a unique way. You can tell intentions, tensions, patterns, love, etc. right? Um, 
part of me being alone for a massive majority of my life, like over a decade, I mean, I've, I've witnessed society in a different way. When I was growing up, and I still hold on to this value, this term, actually, I, I said, when I do find a proper job, I'm not going to work somewhere where I feel like I'm just slaving myself out for money. I ended up working, I'm not going to get too far into this, but I ended up working at a, a family business. And I got horribly cheap scammed over and I didn't realize it at the time, but I ended up getting kicked out of college because my boss ended up like using me for more hours than 30, right? Which is what I was going to, what I was promised in the beginning. And I couldn't keep up with college, couldn't keep up with sleep to the point where I was just batshit miserable. And I completely lied to myself by saying I will never get a job where I find values. But part of that um, included being alone, right? And witnessing, looking back in the past and saying, okay, I see this person, though they're in my family, I see their their effing intentions, right? Like, you know, if you want to go there, we could go there. But at the end of the day, like I see this person's intentions and they weren't good. It's selfish. It's narcissism. It, it, like, it or, like it or not, it is, right? Being alone and being away from like these massive friend groups, because it appears that like in high school, like that's all everybody wants is to have friends and be popular, even in middle school. Like you can see and differentiate people from different people. You could see their intentions. To, to you, to you, this is a great point. To you guys out there that have girlfriends, you know when they have a when they find like a boy best friend, you just know that if your girlfriend was to hit them up and say, hey. You know, Derek's, you know, my boyfriend, Derek, he's gone right now. I'm really bored. Do you want to come over? The first thing that that son of a, you know what, is going to think in his head is, man, I think I might be able to get some, right? You just know that. It's your intention. It, it, you, you know it's their intention. Even if, you know, even if your girlfriend uses that, that stupid bullshit excuse, oh, they're gay or, oh, he's like a brother to me. I've heard that somewhere else. It's called Pornhub, right? Like we've, we all... Like, we've all gone through that. Do you get what I mean? So being alone, even in a relationship, helps you to find that, right? Um, that's my point, right? You can see people's intentions, tensions, patterns, uh, love, etc. Okay? One, uh, one, this is actually the second to last one before we really get into this uh, podcast episode is you find more time and place in your life to pray. I have been a brother in Christ for a long time now. And I can just say right now that prayer has become such a, such like a, a habit in my life, such a way of life that sometimes I forget that like, I'll just like stop what I'm doing and pray and not even realize that I just did it. Right. Like I'll say, like, I'll get, I'll get a headache and then I'll pray. I'll take a, you know, I'll, I'll take an ibuprofen. So there's my works. And then I'll have faith in that prayer. And then I don't get a headache. Right. And I'm like, wait, that prayer actually worked. Wait, I said a prayer like I'll, I'll friggin forget. Right. Like when you're spending all of your time constantly with people. Right. It's hard to like sit down and say a prayer. Now, granted, there is people out there who will go into synagogues and pray and, you know, they'll sit, they'll pray out loud and stuff. But when you're alone, you find it easier and happier and more close to intention of God to pray to God, to pray to Jesus and say, hey, look, this is what I want. After all, the scariest quote in the Bible is on you know, judgment day, particularly, I think it's the great white throne judgment where Jesus, uh, where Jesus is speaking to people saying, you know, depart from me. I never knew you. 
right? Meaning he never knew them. You never had a relationship with Jesus. And that's the only way you get into heaven is by knowing Jesus and by believing in him. It is the will of the father to believe in Jesus. Am I wrong or am I right? You know? So that's my point. You find prayer an easier way of your day when you spend a majority of your day alone. Overall, this is the last point and the biggest one that I found personally this really hits me actually right now. Overall in heaven, you will look back and see that loneliness was worth it. Okay, to you ladies out there, I want to speak to you in particular, okay? You might sit here and find, you know, thinking to yourself, no man is ever going to propose to me. I'm ugly as sin. I feel like I'd, I'm not myself. I'm I'm just going to grow up alone. I'm going to die alone, right? Because... Mostly you depend on a guy, your boyfriend, to propose to you and you feel like that's just never going to happen. And especially nowadays in age, and I, th I feel like every single girl and guy can testify to this. Nowadays in age, sex is kind of the, the biggest thing in the, in the sinful world. You know, that's the, gasoline, that's, the, that's the gasoline that Satan's pouring on the fire of the earth, you know. And at the end of the day, you will look back in heaven and you'll see, man, all of that loneliness, dude, it was worth it. Because now look at who I'm with. I'm with Jesus and perhaps even with the soulmate that I never got to meet on earth. And he introduced me to him. And there you go. Now, me personally, growing up, I was always like, oh, I'd, I, I want to see my day when I get married. I would love to get married and I want to throw a wedding and stuff. Now, granted, I still do. But at the end of the day, I've accepted that if Jesus instructed me to live my life single and then die single, I would be 110% okay with it because I am, right? I don't need to rely on a woman to make me happy. I rely on Jesus to make me happy. Now, granted, Jesus cannot become my wife, right? He's He is my Lord and Savior. He's my Lord because I serve him and he's my Savior because he saved me from hell, right? And look, God can do everything, but he can't do you know, the things as in he can't himself become your wife, right? Only God through that woman can become your wife. So that's my point. But in heaven, you will look back with many people, both in your family and people who weren't in your family on earth. And you'll see that now you are surrounded by the companionship, friendship, and love of everybody around you, including angels. And you will realize that the loneliness on earth was not only worth it, but it was a demonstration as to how God has us be outside of his presence in order to experience the true, extremely magnificent love when we do enter into his presence. Do you understand what I'm saying, right? So Satan, he got cast out of heaven alongside the angels that he talked out of heaven. And he now sits here alongside those angels saying, man, if only I, if only I knew that you know, I, I, I only had one chance, right? Well, God created human beings outside of his presence so that when they enter into his presence in heaven, they will never want to leave his presence, right? They'll never want to leave it because we've been outside of his presence and we've experienced just how horrid it is. Think about suicide, right? Our, our bodies carry spirits. Our bodies are souls. They are living souls, right? And that's the problem that atheists can't get behind. You know, our bodies, they do die and they eventually decompose right? But our spirits, our souls that have been scientifically proven, live on. They live on forever. When you pass away, there's like 16 ounces of you that, that, that like your body just automatically somehow loses like 16 ounces. 
So apparently the soul like is is 16 ounces, right? And that's proof that it lives on, but it just is a testimony as to in heaven we will look back and see that even the loneliness that we endured was worth it, you know? Um I'm not sure if like Adam, if Eve was never made would look back and say man it was worth it. But those of us who have had, you know, husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, and fiancés that have passed away, whether it be in a car tra- a car wreck, suicide, etc., we feel that loneliness and we know that one day in heaven we will see them again, but not just see them again, but spend, you know, an eternity of eternities alone. But as the point I was trying to make about suicide, our bodies carry spirits, carry souls, right? And suicide really goes to show that our souls feel so lonely outside of the presence of God that they physically can't take it and they want to commit suicide just to be with God. Now, obviously our bodies, we think to ourselves, well, I'm just so I'm just so effing depressed. I'm so damn depressed that I just can't get through the next day. So tonight I'm going to go home, put a noose around my neck and drop the chair below me and I'm going to kill myself. That's what we think, but our souls physically feel so alone so outside of the presence of god that they just they can't take it anymore they they need to go home now granted some some souls they don't go home they go straight to hell but people who believe in in jesus right you never you never know maybe they go to heaven but at the end of the day, it's a testimony as to that our souls can feel alone and they do feel alone when they are outside of the presence of God for a mass amount of time and experience the horrible, horrible, horrible things of humanity such as loneliness, such as depression, such as anxiety. I like to compare them to, to demons in hell. They are horrible things that are never to enter the kingdom of God, right? So we want to get away from that. And sometimes, let me just tell you something, sometimes medication isn't it. Sometimes therapy isn't it, right? Sometimes marijuana doesn't help. God can, and he can show you, you know, fantastic supernatural ways to help you. Not occult ways, not demonic ways, but spiritual healing, you know, gospel-related ways. Christ's healing. Do you get what I mean? So to move on from that point, that's just, that's just what I was saying, you know. You'll look back in heaven and see that all of this was worth it. Um, as I said before, all my teenage life, I was wanting to have a, you know, get married at one point and, you know, see my, you know, my, my wife walk down the aisle and stuff like that. Right. Um, I'm, I'm 20 years old now and I'm still very young and I shouldn't be, you know, directly just jumping into that. You know, in, in the Mormon church, the LDS church, they teach it like this, right? You turn 18 or 19 or whatever, and you go on your mission for two years, come back, and the first thing you're supposed to do is look for a wife to marry, you know? Um, marriage nowadays is becoming such a a young person's thing, right? Instead of spending, you know, maybe four or five years being with this person, you you, you spend, you know, two months with them and then you get married, right? That's the problem that a lot of our people in our generation are making is they're getting married at the age of 18 and not even five years later, they're getting a divorce. I wonder why, 
right? You didn't even have to any time to experience your 20s and experience society in a, in, a, in a more mature light. You're fresh out of high school, so you feel like everybody around you is who you'll be with for the rest of your life, when in our reality, those people are going to distinguish faster than a fire, right? They're gone. Outside of high school, they're gone. Maybe some of them, two or three, four or five, might carry on to college with you, but other than that, they're gone. And that's just that, right? I can attest to this too. When I got done with high school, and also college, because I did go back to college after I got scammed over at my job, right? When I was done with high school and college, I could tell you this. I completely felt a, like more alone than I've ever felt in my life. And I've gone through some very, very extremely dark times. Dark times that felt almost satanic. Um, they were very luciferous. And, and, and I never felt so alone until I was outside of that college and high school realm. And especially nowadays, all I experience is I go to work at night, I come home, I sleep, and then I go back to work. Or I go to work at night, and then I come home, sleep, and I just go and do things in my day by myself. It could be a bike ride, it could be going to work out, it could be drawing, it could be writing in my books, and also it could be video games, right? That's just how it is. Um, that is just how it is. But at the end of the day, I've accepted being alone. Look, let me just tell you something, right? Let's cut the crap. Like, except like being alone is, is probably like top three, one of the hardest things to accept. The reason being is because we are, we are created to be social creatures, right? We are created to be around each other, to communicate love, appreciate, and experience around each other. You know, when you go, a lot of, I, I like to question a lot of college people and I, I say, well, why the hell are you going out every night getting blasted drunk and then, on, you know, you get drunk only to forget it. You wake up the next morning with a hangover as big as the sun and you just can't remember what happened last night. What's the memories in that? What's good about that? And people will say, well, because then we can pit, we can open our phone and see all the good memories we made with each other. Yeah, we got blasted drunk, maybe did cocaine in the bathrooms, but we made good memories. Well, I don't see the joy in that, you know? I don't see, first off, I'm not going to do cocaine, but second, I, I just don't see how going and wasting your life away with people who are doing the exact same thing is making good memories, Right? I like to point out homeless people who have suffered through tremendous troubles, such as drug addictions, abuse, um, going in the military, coming back with your wife and kids gone, probably divorced and married to somebody else by now, and people end up homeless, and they're, they're traveling on trains as complete hobos, but they're living their best life, you know? There's these two guys on Instagram, or on TikTok, that, and you most likely have seen these guys, they're very popular. Um, these are these two homeless guys that travel the travel America on trains and they carry like these breastplates that say, look up, Jesus is Lord, right? And they read their Bible and they preach Jesus, but also they travel the world, not travel the world. It feels like they're traveling the world when you really look at it, but they travel America with these phones and film themselves and they look like the absolute most amazing, humbled sons of bitches on the planet. And the reason why is because they have found peace, memories, and prosperity, specifically prosperity through their troubles, right? It's like, it's like a bird that's 
like sheltering her eggs underneath a like in a in a cave during the most violent thunderstorm you can imagine there's peace in the trouble right there's prosperity throughout the thunderstorm there's peace throughout the violence right that's my point loneliness can be that peace when i'm in a relationship right like obviously i'm devoted to this one girl but sometimes i feel extra alone when i'm in that relationship when she's out hanging out with her boy best friend. Now, granted, I'm never going to date a girl with a boy best friend. And the reason being is because, you know, she's my girl best friend. Why do I need another girl to fill the places that she's supposed to? But there's times when I'll feel extra alone where she can't supply those needs. Now, granted, I'm single right now talking to somebody, but that's my point, right? I'm trying to like get past this whole like, marriage thing too when I'm like thinking about it in my head right now but I t- I've had like this long struggle that Jesus has helped me with this year trying to accept being alone it wasn't until somebody it, it was actually my mom's ex-boyfriend that pointed out to me who he was an intelligent guy and I I wish I, ha- I wish I could talk to him again he's an amazing dude he's long gone now but he said to me, you shouldn't feel like you have to wait until Jesus comes back to reign for a thousand years just to just to have somebody. And then he said to me one of the quotes that I will never forget. He said, Matthew, the day that you find a girl who he said, like the, the day that you find a girl who like doesn't take because like girls, he said, you'll, you know, girls, they'll take your care and they'll look at it as a weakness. They'll see how much you care and they'll find a weakness and they'll 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 you know use it take advantage of it and then leave you in the rubble like a tornado that just got done waging war on a town you know he said the day that you find a girl that doesn't look at your weakness as a or look at your care as a weakness is the day that that girl will finally look at you and you'll see that she is is taking care of you and looking at your care as something to take um as a positive and stuff that that day is when your loneliness will end the day when somebody finally loves you for you and doesn't look at your weaknesses and doesn't judge you and criticize you when you cry but rather sits there and cries with you and sympathizes with you and loves you see it's not all about being with somebody being with a girl being with a guy that will make you happy look let me tell you something right now especially you women out there i i understand that being with somebody – now, the reason why I say women is because I, I think that girls go through this a lot worse than guys do. Um, being alone in the terms of the single life can be like one of the most self-destructive times that you'll experience life. Um, social media especially has made us look at each other in a horrifying way. Uh, it, it, it makes us compare us to each other. It makes us feel ugly about ourselves. It makes us feel like complete, utter, worthless shit about ourselves. Excuse my language, but it's so true. It makes us feel like we're less than we are. You know, every time I go on social media and I see a post about another guy who's just just ripped. I mean, he's in the gym. He's, he's bulked, right? And he's fine as hell. I don't sit there and say, man, I wish I could be like that. I sit here and say, that's a little bit emphasized. Yes, he looks good, but he's also sucking in. He's doing his thing. Look at me. Right. Okay. Look, I'll admit I got a dad bod and I love it. Okay. I also have facial hair. 
He doesn't. Like, I look at myself and see the good. I look at him and I see the good. But I don't compare in a bad way. And I say, oh, he, I have a nicely trimmed beard and he has, you know, he looks like a 12-year-old in a, in a, you know, in a 26-year-old's body, right? Like, no, 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 that's not how I do it, you know? Loneliness has helped me understand myself and understand not to covet and understand not to compare and contrast myself to other people to the point where I'm bringing myself down, right? Sometimes being alone is the best medicine when it comes to like anxiety, uh, public depression or public anxiety, depression, etc. It really helps to be alone, right? I I used I I like especially last year when I was going through this horrible sex addiction. I used to think that because I would be I, I was alone on earth because I've spent a massive 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 amount of my life alone and when I say alone I kind of really mean like completely alone no family no friends that I would spend my life in heaven alone so while everybody else would be with their their married uh spouses be with their families like in the in the Mormon church they say families are forever well my family I mean fucking a they're all split up and you know half of them are rich half of them just don't give a shit and then the other half is dead right like I would be spending my life alone in heaven but through that thinking I realized something I realized that not only is Jesus the way to heaven, but he's also the way to get, you know, around in heaven, you know, like on the new earth, there's not going to be any need for sunlight because God is going to be the light of the world, right? He's also going to be the reason why we're like, like in heaven, we're not going to be alone. We're not going to have a need to be alone. We're not going to have a feeling to want to be alone. Okay. We're going to be surrounded by I mean, look at the look at the new Jerusalem. That that place is scientifically estimated to hold two billion people. Right? Like we we won't be alone in heaven. We'll be surrounded by angels, we'll be probably surrounded by extraterrestrial beings, we'll be surrounded by terrestrial beings. We'll be surrounded with Jesus and his love and God the Father and his love. We'll be we'll be completely overtaken in it. Right? Um, when people ask me, well, how do you, how should I get closer to Jesus? I always say, well, spend time alone and read your Bible alone and read it out loud. When you go, like, if you like to go on runs, stop running for a minute and take a walk in the wilderness and, and out of your just completely vocally speak to God. Okay. You, yeah, speak to God in your head at some points, but when you speak out loud, you kind of you kind of feel like you're talking to somebody that's not there. It's not schizophrenia because I know that there's going to be some idiots out there like, oh, but that just sounds like you have a you know you're a schizo you're a schizo. No 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 no. It's not like that at all. Jesus speaks to us in hundreds of millions of ways, right? And one of those biggest ways is by audibly speaking to him. You know, Jesus, will, God will never forsake you. He'll never leave you. He'll never just. Have you go walk on a trail by yourself and talk to yourself? No, he's always listening. And I'll tell you something right now. God's listening to me speak on this podcast right now, right? He is your eternal father for a freaking reason, you know? To the people who sit here and say, just like myself, like, 
oh, I, 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 I've lived alone, so I'm going to die alone. I've lived alone on earth, so I'm going to live alone in heaven. It's like, well, listen, the universe has existed since the Big Bang up until the present day for like 14.7 billion years. You've only been alive for what, like 20 years of it? You know, 20 years out of, out of, out of 14 billion years, it's not, that's nothing. But you have to put that in the same context. 14.7 billion years over the, over the span of eternity isn't even equivalent to a grain of salt on the earth, right? 20 years of loneliness equivalent to an eternity of, of love and companionship in heaven? Is this, even, is this even a comparison? It's a joke, right? That's, what I, that's another thing I've had to tell myself is, you know, all the loneliness here on earth... It's nothing compared to the joy, compared to the excitement, the love in heaven. And I stand by that, you know? We, I hate getting emotional about this stuff, but me personally, I, I, I hate saying this because it really makes me just understand how truly alone I felt. And I'm not trying to be pitiful to myself. But when people talk to me about like, oh, I feel so alone. Some of the biggest things I have to say to them is, look, you don't, you don't have friends. I understand that. Oh, Matthew, I don't have friends to hang out with today. You don't have friends. But you need to listen. You have fucking family. You have a mom and a dad. And if you don't have neither of those, surprisingly, you have roommates you have a brother, you have a sister, you have an aunt, an uncle, a grandpa, a grandma. Me personally, you know, my dad passed away when I was young and my mom, she's always been there for me, but now it's starting to grow distant. By the way, before I continue this, if anybody in my family keeps on this shit, sending this crap to my mom, we're going to have a problem. Cut the shit. I'm an adult. Okay. Right now, it's just me, right? I'm just working and my mom is, is really independent on herself too. My, my one brother, or I have two brothers, but my one brother that I love to death, he lives in Colorado. I can't just go over down the street and hang out with him. You know, I don't see him a whole lot. I can call him, but I don't see him a whole lot and I don't really have that communication with him. Added on to the work that I do, I can't really talk to him a whole lot. My other brother is completely just rich and filth forgot about me, doesn't give two shits on a stick, whatever happens to me. I don't want to hear it. I, I really, I don't give two fucks on a Friday night. I don't give a shit. He just, he's, he's on his own page. And that's just that. You know, I never got, I never got to go fishing, got to go hunting, got to go boating. I never got to do that. I wanted to all my life and I never had somebody to go do that with. Nobody in my family like that, right? Um, Man, this is tough. This is rough, but it's always just been me, myself, and I. Like the rest of my family outside of like my my two brothers and 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 my mom. That that you know my my family's Scottish. They live on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, right? So it's a little hard for me just to open my door, go down the street, or or drive over to the next state. You know. When I got falsely accused of rape. Not a single person in my family knew it besides my mom. And even then, my mom said to me, she was like, you got to get through this on your own because this is what, this is another challenge that God has put you through, right? 
and I had to do it alone. When my dad passed away when I was young, okay, I might have had some family to help me because it affected the whole family, right? But since then, it's just been me, myself, and I. So when, when people come to me and they say, oh, I don't have any friends to hang out with today. I don't have any friends. I say, listen, motherfucker, you got family that loves you. You know, you need to get off Fortnite. You need to go talk to your mom. She misses you, all right? And to you guys out there, it really wouldn't hurt you to go out and help your dad with yard work. It really wouldn't hurt you to go and make amends with your dad who you argue with so much. It really wouldn't, it, it, would, it would be nice for you to give him a portion of your love that you so desperately hate. Because, and not to sound too pitiful, but there's some people out there like myself who really just wish that they can have five minutes to talk to their, their fucking dad who is either halfway across the country and completely out of the picture or halfway across the universe and in heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying or do you not? I mean, that's my point. You know? So as I just said, and I'm going to say it again, Okay, I understand you don't have you don't have friends. You know, you know your girlfriend's at work. You can't hang out with her. I, okay, I get that. You don't have friends because they all just ditched you and went to go hang out somewhere else. I understand that. I really do. But you have a brother. You have a sister. You have a grandma you can go visit. Right? You have people that are in your family that love you and that are there for you. Now, I'm not saying that I don't have that. But I'm just gonna be. I'm, let's. I'm just gonna say it how it is. A monstrous amount of my life, especially these past five years, has been me completely isolated, both friends and family, fighting battles that I will not mention on this podcast. So, just recognize that it is okay to be alone. But you also experience companionship right? With Jesus when you're alone. And you recognize that there are people besides friends that are there for you. See, that's the reason why I'm bringing this up is because there, when I've been alone, like some of the biggest things that I've always wanted to do, especially when I was like 16 and played a lot of football and stuff, I always wanted to, not even 16, it was younger than that. Like I wanted to go and I wanted to go fishing with my brother or go hunting like I even learned how to use a crossbow, right? Um, I wanted to do all of these things and I never got to do it partially because I was never invited and partially because just times are different, right? And relationships break apart. This is the shit that happens. I started recognizing that, man, I don't have a whole lot of family that really would like to go and do fun stuff with me. Now I get I'm a little bit of a, you know, I'm a little bit of a, a piece of shit. I understand that. But at the end of the day, I feel like everybody, myself included, deserves to have at least one time in their life where they can go out with family and not be criticized just based off of the way they appear, you know? And that's just my point, right? You might not have friends to help you. You have family. Loneliness, it's good to be lonesome, right? Sometimes it's good just to go on a bike bike ride by yourself. You know, go on the transit by yourself. Go on a walk by yourself. Play video games by yourself. Because it it helps you recognize your own feelings, your own emotions, your own desires, even your own passions, honestly. Right? 
and you can find a lot of good in that loneliness. But as I stated at the start of this podcast in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, it is not good for man to be alone. Right? Saith the Lord, not me. It's not good for man to be alone. Now, do I feel like God has contradicted his own teachings by making me alone? No. Because I also think that he's made me um, acceptably alone because there's a bigger purpose in heaven for me than there is on earth. Right? Granted, I'm never going to find that purpose on earth because how can you find a heavenly purpose when you're not in heaven? You know, they say home is where your heart is. Well, my heart is definitely not in my home right now. My heart is with Jesus. You know what else is in Jesus? My salvation. My salvation is in Christ alone, right? That should just explain alone that my heart is with Jesus, right? So my home is in heaven. And to those of you who do believe in God, you need to recognize and you really need to start looking at this. Look at life like this, that we are not meant to be on earth in this sinful world forever. We're meant to be in heaven, you know? We're meant to be experiencing life in heaven with God the way it was supposed to be. See, in hell, you're not going to see billionaires. You're not going to see, you know, people who invented different things. You're not going to see people with, you know, Gucci jackets and whatever the hell, Louis Vuitton stuff, right? Yeezy shoes. You know, you're not going to see this stuff. You're just going to see a bunch of people with the same equivalency, a.k.a. nothing outside of Christ. You're not going to see a bunch of people with, you know, Louis Vuitton shirts and stuff like that. That's the problem. But in heaven, you're going to see that everybody has been unequally rewarded due to, you know, us being unbelievers at one point in our lives. But we will all be equal in the eyes of God, right? We will be loved, cherished, and protected by God the same way. That is why I explained like three episodes ago, I said, God does not pick favorites. And anybody in the Mormon church who believes that is completely ethically and literally wrong. It's the same way with loneliness. God doesn't make certain people alone just so other people can be happy with companionship. To you guys out there, I really want to say this. This just occurred to me, like to you guys out there that, you know, look at another guy and he has a smoking hot girl and you're like, man, what do I do to be in his shoes, right? Well, you never know. Maybe that guy with the smoking hot girlfriend, maybe he's looking at you and saying, ugh, man, what I would be to be that guy, you know, instead of being with this bitch, with this broad, you know, being with this girl who constantly nags on me, tells me to go do the dishes, turns my, turns my Xbox off when I'm just trying to relax, you know, it makes me rubber feet at night, barely gives me any sex. I mean, seriously, you know, that guy's probably looking at you and saying, man, what I would be, what I would do to, you know, what I would give really to be alone, right? So while you're sitting here saying, oh man, I, I'd love to be with that girl. God is sitting here saying, man, well, this guy's saying that she's, she's an absolute train wreck. Learn to be okay with being alone. And as I said, it's okay to be lonesome. It's good to be lonesome, Right? But at one point, God's going to make sure that all of that loneliness, it's, it's not for nothing. You know, that's, what, that's the number one thing I've had to talk to myself about, convince myself, is that all of the loneliness, 
all of the lonesome pains, sadness, depressions, anxieties, all of it is not for nothing. And I've told God before, I've said like, look, if this is all for nothing and I'm just going to end up alone in heaven, got to be honest with you, God, I don't think heaven is even worth believing in. And I always get back the same answer where God says, the reason why you're alone on earth is to prepare you for a life of not being alone in heaven, right? Because in order to feel God's love in heaven and feel his presence at the full extent in heaven, we have to be outside of his presence as we are right now. Same thing applies with sin and good and bad, you know? Look, no man has seen, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has any vision of heaven entered in any way, anybody's imagination, the, the, the beautiful things that God has prepared for us. I think that also applies for loneliness, right? And I have accepted that. Whether I receive it when I get raptured or during the thousand years or after judgment day and eternities began, at one point or another, I'm going to experience the, the joy the peace, the love, the excitement, the just the pure reward of having to suffer through almost 20 entire years of being alone. And the whole reason why I say that is because Jesus has told me specifically that all of this loneliness that I have endured, no matter how hard it's gotten, is not taken for granted. It's not just going to be, okay, well, you spent you know years alone on earth, so therefore you just have to be alone in heaven because that's just what I prepared you for. No, 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 no. In heaven, I will not be alone because I'll look back and say, man, I never want to be alone now compared to you know what I have here in heaven. You know, I also believe this, to end off this podcast, I also believe this. I also believe that people who got destined to be single all their lives and barely date anybody and then eventually passed away I also believe that in heaven that they'll just meet their soulmates there. Because what happens when your soulmate passes away before you even meet them and have a chance to get married? I guarantee that you'll you'll see them in heaven. Granted, we probably won't get married in heaven because we'll be just like the angels, but we will be able to be with them in heaven. Like Adam and Eve were on earth, granted they were married, we'll at least be with our soulmates, Right? When I talk to a girl, I specifically tell her, I say, look, I'm not looking for this boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, horse shit. I'm looking for something eternal, right? We could spend we could spend every single day for the rest of our lives on earth, you know, kissing each other's asses and stuff. But in heaven, you know, we're going to be doing so much more. And I want to look forward to spending and sharing that, that, that joy of God, that grace and, and excitement of God with somebody else instead of using it all for myself, right? But as of right now, I am happy being alone. I'm happy not having friends. I'm happy not having close family to hang out with. I'm happy being completely sufficient on Christ alone because as it says in Matthew, not my own name, but in Matthew in the Bible, with God, all things are possible, including being completely and utterly healthily alone on earth. And with that being said, it's okay to be lonesome. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Lonesome Podcast with your humble host, Matt Palmer. Um, yeah. If you want to get in contact with me, 
ask me questions, criticism, feedback of whatsoever, any kind whatsoever. My Instagram is Matthew Palmer with two T's and two R's. And my Snapchat is Lonesome Matt One. And um, any any feedback whatsoever, I'll I'll accept. If you have any questions, if you want to be a a, a guest on the show, I'll, I'll give you the forum. But other than that, listen, please give God your attention, undivided. As I said nine times, Jesus sought to be alone, just to be with the Father, and you can too, more than nine times. Okay. This has been this has been a very intelligent podcast episode. I'll just tell you that much, but I hope that it reaches the right people. So, anyways, again, as I just said, thank you for listening to this episode of the Lonesome Podcast. I've been your humble host, Matt Palmer, and I will see you on the next episode. See you later.